What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, September 5th, and today on the show, we are going through our final record prediction for the Miami Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, September 5th. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Your host here on Locked on Dolphins. I want to thank you for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy game made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10x your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Today on the show, final record prediction time. We're going to go through the schedule all 18 weeks. Dolphins, week 11 by uh, tough. It's it's a the schedule is an easy Oreo. It's hard at the beginning, it's hard at the end. And the strength of schedule that's really favorable for the Dolphins is a double stuff stacked game block in the middle of this schedule. And if that analogy was terrible, please know I just made it up on the spot and we don't ever have to speak of it again. But uh, we are not going to be able to forecast for things like injuries or uh, attrition or anything unforeseen with availability. Here's what we know. We're going to look at all of the rosters as they currently exist. That means the Dolphins will be without Byron Jones. We are going to assume for the first four games of the season. Now, that stinks because the first four games, we said this schedule was a, uh, a strength of schedule Oreo for the Dolphins. The first four games is tough. It is four playoff teams from, well, not Baltimore, but four perennial playoff teams. Four teams that are expected to be contending for the playoffs this year. Now, I think the expectations for some of these teams, <laughs> week one, uh, is a little askew to say the least. But uh, nevertheless, uh, the first four weeks, it's a divisional game. New England Patriots, it, it will be a hotly contested matchup regardless. So here's real quick refresher on what the schedule is, and then we're going to walk through all the games and my thoughts with a final schedule uh, prediction and record prediction at the end. Quick history lesson two, uh, 2019. I predicted the Dolphins to finish the season. Uh, this was at Dolphins Wire. I was not on Locked On Dolphins at this point. Uh, four and twelve. They went five and eleven. Two thousand and twenty. I picked the Dolphins to go nine and seven. They went ten and six. Last season, I picked the Dolphins to go ten and seven. They went nine and eight. So, if you're keeping score at home, um usually historically three-year sample size this record outcome prediction uh, has been pretty close i'd like to think of myself you know obviously somebody who is passionate about the team and loves the team but uh, able to 
objectively assess their outlook versus the rest of the league. Um, they have outperformed my expectations by one game across three years and never by more than one game in any of the three years that we've done this. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so bear that in mind as we get to the end of the road here, the end of the rainbow uh, with a schedule prediction for the Miami Dolphins. I have their schedule up here on the side in front of me, so I'm not ignoring you. I'm just looking at the schedule. Dolphins home against New England at Baltimore, home against Buffalo, Thursday night at Cincinnati, at New York Jets, home against Minnesota, home against Pittsburgh, Sunday night football, celebration of the 72 undefeated team, uh, at Detroit, at Chicago, home against Cleveland by week, week 11, Home against Houston, at San Francisco, at Los Angeles Chargers, at Buffalo Bills, home against Green Bay Packers, at New England Patriots, home against New York Jets. That is the Miami Dolphins 2022 schedule. So let's go ahead and dive in. And I'm going to try my best not to dive too deep into any individual game matchup. Here we go. Week one, Dolphins at home against the New England Patriots. Uh, the big talking point here is uh, Byron Jones's availability from a health and durability standpoint. And here's what we know. Um, the Patriots wide receivers aren't particularly impressive. So Byron Jones's absence does not change the formula for me in this particular contest. Uh, I do think the Patriots have the pieces in place to try to run the football with some effectiveness. Now, their coaching staff is a huge, 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 huge wild card. Um, and not in a good way, if we're being honest. So I look at this contest, and I am very, very inclined, and I know historically Miami has performed very well at home against New England, and this is the worst iteration of a New England team that we've seen in a couple of years, or in a really long time, with the exception of maybe 2020. I'm going to pick uh, Miami. Miami at home uh, to start the year with a win. This would be their fourth consecutive win over the New England Patriots. I just think Miami at home, they kind of have a talent advantage that's clear and obvious here. Byron Jones, I don't think they're going to be able to capitalize on that. Uh, Miami 1-0. Now, interestingly enough, week two at Baltimore. I also don't think Byron Jones's absence is particularly impactful here. Quiz question. Can you name can you name the three top wide receivers on the Baltimore Ravens? And if you said Rashad Bateman, okay, promising first round pick, put Xavier Howard on him. Uh, James Prochet and Tylen Wallace, you'd be correct. I mean, do, do we need, if we need Byron Jones to cover Tylen Wallace or, or James Prochet, we got bigger problems on our hands, right? So this is not a Byron Jones impactful absence either in my mind. Um, here's what I will say. Uh, I think Miami has the horses to stack the box. We don't know how available J.K. Dobbins is going to be as well. He, he's kind of questionable for week one. They went out and got Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis at running back. Uh, they're going to be a mismatch team. So I think for the Dolphins defensively, this is a really important week to have the safeties at the top of their game. Offensively, uh, 
Baltimore is not particularly good on the second level. Their linebacker core, they've got some speed in Patrick Queen, but they, they're not overly accomplished. And I do think their trenches are... They are going to be very well adept to stop the run when you try to run directly at them. Um, they're key players. They're, they're really good in the secondary. I think this could be a big run game opportunity for the Dolphins. Uh, how much cheese can you give rookie Kyle Hamilton? Um, and can you make the corners tackle with consistency and get outside? I think Miami can win this football game. Obviously, we saw what uh, their zero packages did to Lamar Jackson. They've had some time to assess that in the offseason. But I still think, you know, that from a, a, skim, a talent standpoint, they don't really have the pieces. Uh, to offset that. So I will pick Miami to win in week two in Baltimore. And before everybody gets too excited, just please know uh, the first two games, we talked about how Byron Jones's absence will not be felt. Uh, his absence will absolutely be felt in the next two games. Home against Buffalo in Cincinnati on Thursday night in a short week. Well, you, you can take the dynamics of short week in Cincinnati and know that it's Jamar Chase. It's Tyler Boyd. It's T. Higgins. And then you got Joe Mixon. Like they, they, they have so many skill players that are very, very impressive players. And the development of T. Higgins has been really helpful for them. And that gives them, I think, a really troublesome layer for Miami that Byron Jones not being available for is going to hurt. Uh, and that being a road game on Thursday night, historically, teams do not perform well on short weeks on Thursday night football when they're on the road. The Cincinnati's getting the dub. Now, Buffalo week three. I really want to believe that this is the year that Miami takes a game. I really do. And I could boil this thing down and just be really simple and say, hey, well, you know, uh, I'm not going to give them a win until they, they, they take one. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm, that's probably still where I'm going to end up here. But as I just talked through this for a minute. Um. Buffalo managed to get better uh, in a couple of different spots. Uh, Von Miller. Now, I, I do think if you run the ball at Von Miller, uh, you can probably test him a little bit. So I think you can offset Von Miller a little bit. Uh, I think the rolling pockets will help to offset Von Miller as well. Uh, they, they no longer have Jerry Hughes. They no longer have Mario Addison. Um, they went for more athleticism in the trenches on both sides of the ball coming into this year. That, that was the big point of emphasis. Now, I do think Miami will have more sustainable offensive success. I don't think that should be a question than what they've had recently against Buffalo and what Tua has endured against Buffalo. But Byron Jones not being there to cover the quote-unquote other receiver like, this is a game that you need to be able to win with your front. And you need to flood the throwing windows. Like, you can't blitz him. He's too good. He's, he's too big. He's too strong. He's going to extend plays. He's too mobile. His arm is too good. You can't blitz him with any level of consistency. You have to be able to collapse with your front. And I just don't know that the Dolphins are ready to do that just yet. You're promised by the promise. Encouraged by the development of 
Jalen Phillips and, and Melvin Ingram obviously being a big piece. I think there, there's a formula for Miami here to be able to do this. But I will ultimately pick Buffalo uh, to win because at the end of the day, if it's on the fence, however many straight wins, I'm go take it, man. Make me wrong, please. I'm so desperate to be wrong about this darn matchup. Please. Please. Make me wrong. Before we go any further, I got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the new way to do daily fantasy football. It's really cool. So they, they you, it's you versus the house, right? So you set up your um, your parlays, and you can pick a couple different uh, where they've got lines for stats, right? So it's over under passing yards, over under receptions, over and under touchdowns. But they have it for all different kinds of sports, right? So, but if I just want to do a football one, for example, I said I want to take Mahomes to throw over 320, Henry, Derrick Henry to rush for under 85, Tyree Kill to catch more than three and a half balls, and Cooper Cup to score more than a half a touchdown. You put those together, you could win up to 10x your money with your winnings. It's, it's really fun. You're not competing against other people, you're competing against the projections, prize picks offers projections for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, college football, college basketball, both men's and women's, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, Euro basketball, cricket, more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or left. It's that easy with safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up for daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code LOCKED ON. If you deposit $100, they'll give you another $100. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So, two and two through the first uh, quarter of the schedule. Now, here's the thing. We, we talked about the difficulty of the early portion of the schedule, the late part of the schedule, and, and everything in between. Statistically speaking, it's going to be pretty unlikely for the Dolphins to reel off seven wins or more two consecutive years. I'm just saying. Okay? Now, that's not to say we might not get there. But um, I do have very high expectations for the middle portion of the schedule. Week five, what's the date there? That is October 9th. Okay, so you play four games in September. You hit October uh, through the early portion of December. My expectations are very high. Now, I am going to be looking for a game for the Dolphins to drop in this stretch. I am. Because um, I don't want to just sit here and go, win, 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 win. I will say, week five, at New York Jets, dub. Come on now. Uh, Miami has had a lot of success against the Jets. I think their defense, whether it is Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, I would expect it's Zach Wilson. Uh, I think that's it's a recipe for a very problematic matchup for that quarterback in general. Now, week six, home against Minnesota. I do think this is one of those ones that I could see Miami dropping if we're looking for an L here in the heart of the schedule. Um, and quite frankly, it, it would be 
if you're going to lose one here in this block of games through like coming out of the bye, you want it to be an NFC team, right? Because conference strength of schedule or, or conference record is something that is probably going to come into play for some of these wild card dynamics. So Minnesota, um, they've got an experienced quarterback. They got a very good run game. They've got the best wide, arguably the best wide receiver in football. And Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook. Their offensive line, they got some young pieces. Uh, Christian Darisaw at left tackle is going to need to come together. They're getting Daniel Hunter back healthy this year. That's obviously a huge addition to get back. Yeah, Patrick Peterson at corner with some young guys. Like, there's enough, there's enough here, and this could be a very high. I think this could be a lot of points. And you know what? Because again, I am I am keeping one eye on this individual game, and I'm also keeping another eye on the overall record. And I know what I feel about the rest of the record coming up. I think this will be a game. I'll, I'll pick Minnesota to win this game, but just please understand that is more for uh, the scope and lens of I don't want to just sit here and rip off eight consecutive wins or whatever it is, and I want the record to be reflective of where I think the Dolphins will actually fall. So there is some variance here. It might not be Minnesota. Maybe it's Pittsburgh. Maybe Detroit with hard knocks turns up like they're actually a thing, right? Uh, but I will pick Miami in this contest to drop the game that I think is necessary for my final record prediction to get where I want it to be, knowing full well that I'm probably not going to go 17 and 17, 17 for 17 with my uh, in game predictions. Uh, there's 0% chance they're losing to Pittsburgh to honor the 72 team. I'm just, I'm just saying uh, they're going to have either Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. It'll probably be Kenny Pickett at this point. So you got a rookie quarterback matchup. Pittsburgh's offensive line is not particularly good. I think Miami has a huge trench advantage. Um, their ability to run the ball and Pittsburgh having linebackers and Devin Bush and Miles Jack, who don't have a lot of eye discipline, I think can really set them up for success in the run game. And Pittsburgh, quite frankly, does not have the players in the secondary aside of Mika Fitzpatrick. Like, their corners are not good. All that for me. Home, Dolphins win. Detroit Week 8 at Detroit will be a tough matchup, but I would be inclined to say uh, that the Dolphins... Uh, I just think they're. I just think they have a talent advantage that's going to play into their hands here. Uh, Detroit in year two of a rebuild, they're really moving in the right direction. I really like a lot of stuff that they're doing. They've got some some tone setters now. They've got an identity. They've got the offensive line carved out. Uh, but that defense, kind of kind of the same thought process as against uh, either Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, going against Jared Goff, we saw what the Dolphins were able to do to Jared Goff in 2020 when he came as a part of the Rams. I just think that's going to be too much to overcome. So I'll put you down for a Dolphins win in week eight. That, by the way, puts the record at five and three through the first eight games. We have two more games before the bye. Uh, we are at Chicago, and then we are home against the Cleveland Browns who are coming off the bye. Chicago. Uh, you want to talk about trench advantage for the Dolphins, Woo Nelly. Uh, I, I think Miami is much better on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And Chicago is so young. They've got a young quarterback as well. Now, Justin Fields can make some stuff happen with his legs. We saw that in the preseason game when the Dolphins played him last year. 
but um, I just would be very surprised. I'd be very surprised. Chicago is very outgunned from a talent perspective, even though it's at home, uh, the windy city, all that stuff. Cool. Well, the Miami's going to still try to run the ball. I think they're going to have success doing it against Chicago's defense. So, and they may even have traded Robert Quinn by this point too, because it's kind of something that's been lingering for them. Uh, so Dolphins win to put you at six and three. And then Browns week 10 before the bye. Playing Jacoby Brissett, presumably at the quarterback position. Um, and here's the thing. The Browns wide receivers are Amari Cooper, who I wouldn't trust Jacoby Brissett to be able to get the ball to with any level of consistency. Anyway, David Njoku at tight end. Okay, he's a good player. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell are your, your, like, it's the offensive line. And by the way, the offensive line, um, it's, they got Ethan Pokic at center now. They, they, um, Supposed to have Nick Harris. He went down with an injury. So you, you've already lost the heart of your offensive line in the center. So I think Miami's defense can have a lot of success against Jacoby Brissett. And then from a offensive standpoint, um, you just don't shoot yourself in the foot, right? You know, this is probably a game that you draw out and you let Jacoby Brissett make the mistake and blink and let the turnovers happen that way. Uh, Dolphins win puts them at seven and three going into the bye week. Coming out of the bye, you got the Houston Texans. Probably the worst team in football, if we're being completely honest. Dolphins done. This is where the schedule gets hard. Last six games. Uh, and, and the Dolphins at this point are eight and three. So, of course, we at this point are losing our collective minds. So here's how I lay this out. You, in a perfect world, you go three and three over the last six games. You're eight and three right now, got six to play. You get 11, you're going to make the playoffs. I'm getting to, you, there's no way you're missing the playoffs at 11 and six. San Francisco and Los Angeles Chargers, back-to-back. -back. Then you are at Buffalo, home against Green Bay, at New England, home against the Jets. Okay, so we'll, we'll do this chronologically. Mike McDaniel versus Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance versus Tua Tungvaloa. As as I look at this matchup, the fact that it is in San Francisco is the big trump card for me that I think is a big disadvantage for the Dolphins, and I will be interested to see how the team chooses to handle and try to negate that. But San Francisco has some elite football players. They've got an elite player in Nick Bosa. They've got an elite player in Fred Warner. They've got an elite player in Trent Williams. They've got an elite player in George Kittle. They've got a very dynamic athlete-playing quarterback. Miami, what can you match? I think Miami can match most of this. 
but Fred Warner, I think, can is a very problematic piece for the Dolphins uh, to account for. And there's also the coaching component of Mike McDaniel going against Kyle Shanahan. If this was at home, I think I'm picking Miami. But because it is in San Francisco, I'm going to pick the 49ers to win this game. The following week is the Chargers. Are the Dolphins going to stay out there for two weeks? I don't know. But if you do, I think it, it really negates the body clock thing, right? And now it becomes much more of, okay, let's talk talent. Let's talk availability. Justin Herbert, uh, I think, is a quarterback that you can heat up with pressure. And he's, he's going to eat, right? Like your expectation is coming in, he's going to throw for 350, right? But can you get the two picks? And I think Miami can. Uh, the, the Chargers are improved on the offensive line. Uh, they do have a rookie at right guard in Zion Nelson, or Zion Johnson, excuse me. Zion Nelson's at Miami, University of Miami, showing my draft stripes here. Uh, Rayshon Slater at left tackle is very, very good. They got Matt Filer and Corey Lindsley on the inside as well. To go with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They got Gerald Everett at tight end. The running game is going to be good. Here's the thing about the, the Chargers. The interior of the defense is not particularly good. Their linebackers and their interior defensive line, like, yeah, you got Khalil Mack, you got Derwin James, you got Joey Bosa, uh, you got J.C. Jackson. I don't know that they could stop the run. Just being completely, I, I don't know that they could stop the run if you could run between the tackles. So with that in mind, <laughs> I think Miami has the corners to match up with their offensive weapons. I think they have the pressure package to force some mistakes. And I think Miami's going to be able to run the ball. All that adds up to me. Well, shoot, I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win the game against the Chargers. Miami at Buffalo. Uh, this one, you know, we, we hemmed and hawed in, in week, what was it, week three? About not wanting to just say, oh, well, we're not going to give the Dolphins a better of the doubt. Talk about the matchup. You're in Buffalo now, late in the season. It's going to be cold. What's the date here? It's December 18th. Yeah. I'll believe that one when I see that one. That's a loss. Uh, so that puts you at eight, nine, eight and three, eight and four, nine and four, nine and five with three to play. Uh, home against the Packers. I actually think this is win number 10. I do. Um, the Packers offensively, their interior trio is not particularly good on the line. They've got David Bakhtiari, who we have not seen, we effectively did not see all year last year. You've got Delvin Jenkins. Those are your two stalwart players. They're both going to play left and right tackle. They're really good. Everything else in the middle, you can take it or leave it. Uh, they've got two running backs in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Robert Tunyon's your tight end, which I don't think is particularly problematic. Their wide receivers are a bunch of guys who are over the hill or just getting started. And I think Miami, from a coverage standpoint, has a really good advantage there. Uh, it is obviously at home. This is a cold-weather team that's going to be coming down to play in South Florida on Christmas Day. Uh, defensively, you just got to protect the football. And... Um, I think it's it's going to be one of those grinded out 
type games, but I think Miami can cover Green Bay just as well as as what Green Bay can cover Miami. And the fact that it's at home is going to push me for a win here. So that's 10 and five with two to play. At Patriots and home against the Jets. This is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, uh, but going to New England to play on January 1st, I will be inclined uh, to say that that weather disadvantage uh, is a tough pill for Miami to swallow. Uh, and this is a lot of travel, right? This will be your fifth game on the road in four weeks. That is uh, kind of a slog. You're coming off an emotional win uh, against Green Bay. Uh, I'll go Pats. And just law of averages, too. Um, going to continue to win. It, it's like Buffalo, right? It's like the, the levy's got to break eventually. Miami's got to get a win eventually, right? Um, but the same thing for the Pats. Uh, I, we're just not going to beat the Pats for forever. And uh, those conditions, I think, set up as well as any that we could find, especially coming off an emotional win that puts you at 10 and 5, um, where I think that's primed to be a uh, a tough one to go win with all the travel that you have building up to that. And then week 18, Dolphins come back home. Uh, do or die situation potentially. You're 10 and 6. They're beating the Jets. 11 and 6 record. So maybe you don't agree with any of the particular games, but just come away with this. 11 and 6 is the record prediction for the Miami Dolphins. That's my expectations this year. 11 wins. And uh, maybe we get there in a different way. Maybe there's some good bounces. Maybe Miami does get a win against Buffalo. And if they do, then I think that puts you in a conversation to say, hey, like, maybe this could be a 12-win football team. Maybe this could be a team that wins the AFC East. But right now, my expectations are wild card team, 11 wins. Uh, you, you could put me down for anywhere from... I'll say 10 or 11. I don't want to give too big of a range, but that that's really where I think this team is ready to go. I think this schedule sets up for it as well. Uh, it's, it's just like, and I tried to, to bring the same school of thought to the last six games where you're statistically, you're not going to lose all six games, right? Uh, to the same school of thought, to the heart of the schedule to say, Hey, you're just not going to win eight in a row. It's just unlikely. So instead, they got one, two, three, four, five. They peaked with a five-game win streak, and that's what it's all about. I said this, this time last year. Good teams tread water early and go on runs late. So you're two and two. Then you're, excuse me, you're three and three. Then you win five in a row. And then against a really tough competitive schedule, you go three and three at the end of the year, too. Good teams go on big runs in the middle of the season to separate themselves from the pack. That's what we got to see the Dolphins do this year. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Fins up, make it a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. It's game week. We play the Patriots on Sunday. So saddle up. Let's get after it.